Martial arts describe any number of systemized combat, including unarmed, armed, individual, group, and philosophical traditions. Colloquially, the term is often associated more with various methods of unarmed combat, though this is not exclusively the case. In a galaxy far, far away, characterized by constant warfare amongst the stars, various forms and styles of combat have arisen based on various disciplines, societies, and religious beliefs that have become cultural artifacts for different species and traditions from across the stars. Unarmed Combat The galaxy has many exotic and esoteric weapons, but for some, the first weapons come with those you are born with. The body itself can become a weapon when used to inflict harm on others. Some species are equipped with claws and fangs, gripping tentacles or natural toxins, while others rely on bald fists, blunt force, and grappling to subdue an opponent. While most creatures have instincts of self-preservation, including the ability to use their natural talents to defend themselves, they can become much more effective with training and discipline. Some forms of unarmed combat could also include close-range weapons and blasters in addition to using the body. Ichani to be able to read their opponents, to know where an opponent is going to strike before it connects, anticipate it, and then strike against them. Ichani battles are fought several minutes in advance. In many ways, it is much like the game of Dijarik, played in the core systems. The most advanced among the Ichani are able to predict the course of battles by months, and the most revered are said to be able to predict the path of wars. Only Revan ever demonstrated such skill in war. <laughs> The Achani, a highly militarized people, developed a method of unarmed combat that focused on turning the body into a weapon. Traditionally, the practitioners would forego all weapons, armor, and force powers, and rely only on their physical strength, agility, and endurance. The Achani art was both a sacred means of communication and was an intimate and highly ritualized when used as a courtship practice. The discipline was made up of three progressive tiers, each building on the foundations of the previous tier. 
Achani martial arts could be used in individual and group forms, and the art was taught among special forces units in the Republic military in the time of the Old Republic. It had later been adopted by the Galactic Empire and Imperial operatives, the Royal Guard, and some specialized Imperial bodyguards. The Thresians, the Achani subspecies and diametric opposites, shared a similar combat style and method of communication, though it is unknown what term was used to describe their style, and it is varied from the Achani method. The Achani began training their children in the art at an early age, believing that combat prowess was the only way to truly know someone, and integrated combat at every stage of life. An exotic version of Achani martial arts incorporated weapons and rhythmic motions, leading to the creation of the Achani fire dancers, special practitioners who would use hot double-ended brands as ritual weapons, at least at the time of the Old Republic. It is unknown if this art was lost to the millennia. Cassie, meaning steel hand in Galactic Basic, was renowned for its ferocity and lethality, and as an unarmed fighting form. It was developed by the near human species, the Episanthics, who had a militant warrior culture. It was created specifically to combat Jedi by the secretive force adept followers of Palawa who had been devastated with a war against an ancient Jedi council. It is said that the practitioners could land blows as powerful as slug throwers or blaster bolts, able to crack armor and deliver fatal concussive force to their targets. Advanced levels emphasize speed and agility, allowing the fighter to deftly avoid counterattacks and strike so fast as to only appear as a blur and incorporated acrobatics to add to their nimbleness. The form is recognized as highly lethal, and it is said that practitioners with no force affinity can appear to move like a Jedi or Sith due to their acrobatic skill and speed. Terrace Cassie incorporated a strong philosophical and meditative approach which taught users to be in complete control of their bodies in order to achieve these feats. The meditative aspects included the ability to sit immobile for long periods of time, stop bleeds, heal and slow poisons and toxins while in a trance-like state. The martial arts itself relies on getting close with an opponent and using hands, feet, grapples and elbows as the four distances of engagement, and six basic stances. Sticks and blades are also incorporated into some forms. It can include the use of weapons such as blasters, making the user highly proficient, accurate, and fast. Many of the moves are named after different animals across the galaxy, such as the charging wampa, the gundark slap, and the Riding Bantha, to name only a few. The Spitting Rawl was said to be the most powerful unarmed move, which incorporated kicks, punches, and aerial acrobatics in a sequence of strikes. 
Jedi and Sith would also train in Terrace Cassidy and incorporate moves into their lightsaber disciplines. Some notable practitioners include the Sith assassin, Darth Maul, and the Jedi master, Plo Koon. Wookiee society valued hunting and martial prowess, but also exhibited a strict code of honor. To this end, the Wookiee fighting style of Wurshi was developed. It was often only effectively employed by Wookiees or similarly powerful creatures, as it relied on the strength of the user as one of its tenants, and it relied on significant upper body strength. It emphasized punches and throws in a short battery of strikes. It also utilized surprisingly non-lethal moves for the size and strength of a typical Wookiee, including being able to disable an opponent in a single strike. Wookiee society evolved other fighting styles among other types of honor duels and combat, including clench fights, where adolescent male Wookiees developed headlong fighting styles in a bid to uncover their Rorakators, a Wookiee inner fighting spirit. Wookiees were not to use their teeth or claws in combat, or face censure and exile from their society, as using such means to fight was looked down on as bestial and dishonorable. The reptilian gray-skinned Nagri species were known for their talents as hunters and assassins and had a strong martial tradition. The Nagri developed their own fighting style called Stava, which took the name from the ferocious Stava predator from their homeworld of Honagur. Using hands, arm, feet, and legs, this style incorporated joint locks, pressure points, nerve pinches, takedowns, and quick, deadly strikes with an emphasis on speed and endurance. Nagri assassins that practiced this art were able to dodge blaster fire and incorporated acrobatic flourishes. Stava was traditionally only known to the species, however they offered to train others in their ancient craft in exchange for support to rebuild their home world and its colony. Stava also taught weapon use in addition to unarmed combat and specialized in the use of traditional fighting uh, sickle of Nagri species, which could also be thrown to devastating effect. It also adopted modern weapons in its regime, like quarterstaff, vibroblades, broccolian, spin blades, jagged throwing discs that appeared like saw blades. Jedi Fighting Styles The Jedi Order incorporated numerous martial arts throughout its long history. From the various lightsaber forms to unarmed combat and the use of the Force, many Jedi were taught ways to physically defend themselves and others with varying degrees of lethality. Some Jedi also brought traditional knowledge from their home cultures, which could include localized species-specific talents to the library of techniques the Jedi Order could draw from or teach new generations. Jedi would typically train in two categories, lightsaber combat and unarmed combat. Lightsaber combat as an ancient history of the Jedi Order, who have codified and passed on deep knowledge on the use of their signature weapon, the lightsaber. Use of this ancient and powerful weapon has been extensively documented in manuscripts, holocrons, and passed on from masters to students for thousands of years. Lightsaber training has two functions. 
The first is practical training in the effective deployment of the weapon for offense and defense. The second is spiritual, providing a discipline to focus and attune their connection to the force, and provides a transcendental outlet. Despite the spiritual aspects of the lightsaber mastery, it can also be taught in a secular manner, and some level of proficiency can be attained by non-force sensitives. No two Jedi are created equal, and mastery of the blade varies amongst practitioners of the Jedi arts. Some, such as Mace Windu, Count Dooku, and Sindralig, were exceptional swordsmen, and some Jedi specialists, such as Jedi Guardians, snipers, and brutes who specialize in combat and lightsaber training. There have been many Jedi who have lived up to their reputations as blade masters, having dedicated more time and showing innate proclivity towards lightsaber combat, and have become truly deadly warriors, despite the peaceful and non-aggressive philosophical underpinnings of the Order. Lightsaber combat is so extensively documented that it warrants further and more intimate exploration on its own. The Jedi were less rigorous in the codification of unarmed combat, but no less formidable. While the Jedi Order taught a basic level of proficiency, such as kicks and punches while wielding a lightsaber, they also practiced various other martial arts, such as the aforementioned Ichani and Taras Kasi fighting styles. Jedi would often learn various art forms depending on availability of instructors and the student's motivation to learn. One such style by the Jedi was called the Bukani Hand, which consisted of force-enhanced strikes using hands, feet, and forearms. These powerful blows protected the user, allowing them to break through metal and stone without being injured and increasing the power of their blows to devastating effect. A blow from a Bakuni master can pulverize stone. Quote, Crix Sunburis. Taijutsu was a martial arts style with at least eight forms and was at some point available to the Jedi Order during the time of the Republic, but could also be learned by the mainstream public, such as the mercenaries and eco-terrorists who utilize it against a young Obi-Wan Kenobi but who were bested by the young Jedi, who had apparently also trained in the martial art as well. The Sith, like their Jedi counterparts, practiced many of the same and similar fighting styles. However, they would often channel dark side energies into their attacks to lend them more power for more devastating physical strikes. Not to mention the Sith being more prone to violence to achieve their own ends or for its own sake, rather than in defense of others. One fighting style of note developed by Darth Desilus incorporated the use of a lightsaber-resistant cortosis shield in tandem with a melee weapon that he taught the other Pound warriors. He and his soldiers slew over 2,000 Jedi using these techniques before finally being killed. The technique was stored by the Jedi Order to serve as a training simulation for young Jedi aspirants undergoing the Jedi trials. Some non-Jedi or Sith factions developed their own systems of combat outside of the dual paradigm. The Knight Sisters of Dathomir, as well as their Zabrak slaves, 
We train as assassins, engaging in physical and gladiatorial combat, as well as manipulate force magics to enhance their physical prowess. The Gensari were a sect of force users that had become very militarized and followed a path between light and dark side. They practiced a fighting system known as Rek Duel and used both lightsabers and Sith-inspired battle armor as a matter of course. Force warriors were known throughout the galaxy at various points in history. They could be Jedi, Sith, or something other, and would focus more on the Force as a martial art rather than contemplations of the greater mystery of the Force, though some did overlap with the Sith, and less often the Jedi. Some martial traditions are all-encompassing or evolved for specific niche forms of combat. The Morgukai, a secretive cult of all-male Nikto warriors, were renowned Jedi killers, using ancient and deadly fighting techniques. They were wary of all Force users, but had a special enmity with the Jedi. They would not teach anyone out of their shadowy circle, training newer generations in a master-apprentice-style relationship, often to their own sons. To leave the Brotherhood was the greatest dishonor, worthy of death. They would utilize special cortosis spears and armor to resist the weapons of the Jedi, and harden their minds to resist force trickery. Petronaki was a Geonosian martial art used in arena combat. It was more ritualized than basic combat, used in warfare, and revolved around the Petronaki Array, a set of five weapons, the Picador Spear, the Confession's Whip of the Petronaki Scimitar, the Caster's Net, and the Beast Warden's Shield. The Gans, despite their small stature and heavy robes and breathing apparatus, developed and were skilled in their own form of martial arts. Like all Gand culture, the martial art was mysterious and somewhat odd to other species. However, their techniques have proved effective. One move, the piercing touch, allowed the insectoid alien to punch through armor, chitin, or other dense materials, normally impossible to penetrate with a naked fist. Another Gand technique, called the striking mist, allowed a Gand practitioner to become virtually undetectable, allowing them to sneak up on a target and strike them unawares. Most cultures that evolved in a militant environment or became warrior societies would develop their own unique martial traditions and fighting styles. Mandalorians are one such group whose prowess can be seen when Jango Fett and a handful of true Mandalorians killed many Jedi during the Battle of Galadran, even using their bare hands to slaughter their enemies. The Mandalorians would use name techniques like the Kovnin, a helmeted headbutt, which would shatter bone, or at the very least, stun an opponent. Django would later employ this move amongst other Mandalorian hand-to-hand -hand techniques in his duel with the Jedi Obi-Wan on Kamino. A History of Violence
Martial arts can incorporate a large variety of practices, including blaster techniques and other forms of, quote, modern combat. An often overlooked martial tradition was the heavy use of vibral blades during the Great Sith War and the Old Republic eras. Both Sith and Republic soldiers alike would often train in the use of disciplined battle drills with rifles, but also melee weapons, as they would frequently encounter not only opposing Sith or Jedi who were likely to engage in melee, but also as a way to counter the personal energy shields prominent during the time that often deflected or dampened blaster bolts alone. Common soldiers would have to train some level, to some level of proficiency, both at range and in close quarters combat. Are you tired of waiting to shoot first? Space pirates keep stealing your cargo? Being invaded by Trade Federation robots? Or oppressed by an authoritarian regime? Support your galactic right to bear blasters. Vote yes on Proposition 2 of the Alliance Senate. Paid for by Wester and Blastech Industries. Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching the Star Lores podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fictions, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon. So if you want to help us pay the bills, as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server, head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. Everybody, welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. This is Christian. This is Jordan. We are just visiting the not-so-beautiful plains of Hongher, which is a uh, desolate and uh, weedy place. So, Christian, proposition. (laughs) I'm all ears. Star Wars UFC. <laughs> what do you think? I think there's a lot of credits to be made. A hut could be like the Dana White. And, <laughs> and he's just matching up fighters. Yes, yeah. I love it. 
I want to see this. I want to see the matchups of the different fighting styles. Yeah. In Star Wars. Dude, so <laughs> while writing this episode, something I discovered was that there was a Star Wars like Tekken style, Mortal Kombat style fighting game. Really? Called Masters of Terrace Cassie. It's not very good. <laughs> I looked up a uh, YouTube gameplay. I'll have to pick it up at some point and try and do it, play it myself. I had no idea this game existed. But it's essentially like you match up heroes and they like fight. But it's like, a, like I said, like a Tekken fighter. Like they throw punches and kicks and like. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not like a dueling. You know, game. it's funny. I just um, I, I just watched a video of uh, I, I never heard of this game, but it was a it was a PlayStation only game. But it was uh, it was the episode one mo- movie official game corresponding with the movie. Yeah. And it was just called Star Wars ep- episode one, The Phantom Menace. And I was like watching and I was, clips. It was actually like it, it held up pretty well, and like even the game mechanics like kind of really worked for, uh, for Star Wars. Yeah, and like the first mission is it's Obi, you're Obi Wan, and you're with Qui Gon on the Trade Federation ship, yeah. and you're you know going through, and it has like. It's, it was, like, one of the first games to actually include, like, real voiceovers. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, really That's crazy. interesting. Yeah. LucasArts, like, the video game department, used to be, like, forefront, like, spearhead yeah. technology, yeah. At, like, in the early aughts yeah. or and, mid-aughts. But. Anyways, that was just an aside because you said that. And yeah. I was thinking about that. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of Star Wars video game gems out there that, yeah, like, so crazy. I, you don't even know they exist. There's I'm one, sure you could just like get a PS1 classic and probably mod it and get and get, uh, those, games. And get yeah. those games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, not to go too much on a tangent, kind of tying it back uh, to your UFC thing. There is a Star Wars. It's not so much UFC. Probably closer to like a uh, Overwatch style gameplay star wars game that's supposed to come out oh, apparently okay. it released in australia but hasn't released everywhere else i forget what it's called off the top of my head oh but uh it looks interesting yeah. it's a disney game um we'll see we'll see when they do a full release i haven't really seen a lot on it because like i said it's weird they only release it in one country and then they're telling people it's delayed in other countries it's a, hmm, it's weird yeah maybe supply chain <laughs> issues yeah who knows but well, no, because like it's a downloadable game. Yeah, I guess so. so. <laughs> it's not really affected by physical anything. Yeah. But back to your point, <laughs> absolutely one hundred percent behind like a Star Wars matchup fighting game. Yeah, absolutely. Or fantastic. even like someone should put like people are so good with animations on YouTube now. Like they're creating entire Star Wars movies just animated. Like yeah. you could do it entirely animated and like incorporate the fighting styles. Anyway, if anyone's game listening, to do that, yeah. <laughs> Like, let us know. We'll pump your stuff. <laughs> yeah. We'll even do a review on it. We'll be the Dana Whites. Yeah. We'll play the Huts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Star Wars and martial arts. Uh, name a more iconic duo. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, just jumping right into it. One, when I was writing this episode, I was surprised at how little there actually was in terms of, like, I get it. I get it would be difficult to kind of invent an entire martial art from scratch. But like the the number of like random one-off martial arts that are out there yeah. is extensive. But like when you dig into it and like look for details about them, there isn't much. Uh, there's a couple I kind of skipped over that I didn't even mention in the episode. Like the Hapens were known to have their own martial arts practice, um, which they were a somewhat militarized culture when we 
do a Hapes cluster episode, we'll discuss that. But um, yeah, there were just a bunch that I kind of like skimmed over because there's like one or two sentences just mentioning a species and that they have a martial art. But there's no real details beyond that. Um, there are a couple of big ones that are pretty extensive that come up repeatedly in the lore. Like Terrace Cassie comes up quite a few times. It's not just like a one-off mentioned. Um, and it has some depth um, as well as Ichani, which I think I think originated with the Old Republic video games. And it was a pretty significant... I mean, any Bioware game has a lot of depth. Oh, did it's it funny how originate in a fighting, with them? I think it did. Oh, okay. I could be wrong, but yeah. it definitely has a pretty heavy part, especially in Knights of the Old Republic too. Yeah, uh, Brienne, the handmaid. Right, right. Yeah, like, there's a whole like sub arc with her. Yeah, too. it's like pretty cool. We keep going back to video games. When we're supposed yeah. to be talking about fighting. <laughs> I don't know why. We're nerds. No, but like the fighting. I feel like the Chani, that's like a big part of their culture. It's like the the martial yeah. art is it's how it, they communicate. It's really part of who they are. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, like any Bioware game, they like really drill into that. Yeah. And you have to like duel her to like get to know her and romance her and blah blah yeah. blah. But <laughs> yeah. So I was just talking like the dearth of the difference in like martial arts either mentioned in passing, no real depth, or like really in depth. Uh, one that we kind of skimmed over that we will definitely be coming back to is a lightsaber combat. There mm-hmm. is so much on lightsaber combat. We'll be doing its own standalone episode. So if you're a little disappointed, we didn't go through all the forms and everything. We'll, we will get to it too much for one episode. So it deserves to have its own. Yeah. Um, I mean, like yeah. it definitely in the original movies, I feel like the Japanese, uh, like, Aikido or Kendo. Kendo, uh, yeah. That was a huge inspiration. Yeah, and you can see clearly. it in, in the way they move. Yeah, right? definitely. Um, like the stances and stuff. Like yeah. I think it definitely was like Japanese style sword yeah. fighting. And then uh, kind of what evolved with that is the introduction of episode one. They have the way more acrobatic style fighting. Right, and a yeah. lot of that came from Ray Park, who plays Darth Maul, who mm-hmm. is an actual martial artist in real life. Mm-hmm. And he practiced Wushu and Shaolin Kung, Kung Fu. So then he started to introduce those other fighting styles, which, like I said, incorporate the more acrobatics, kicks, and, you know, more more movement like that. Um, Yeah, it's it's interesting to see that comparison and the evolution of the styles of combat. I like them both. I think they both have a unique storytelling potential. I probably lean towards more the frantic. I like the... (laughs) I know a lot of people hated on the early Star Wars movies when that happened. Like, like the prequels? You yeah, mean? the yeah. more athletic. No, I think, I think that was like their strongest uh, feature. Yeah. Feature was like they really upped the lightsaber fighting yeah. in, in it. Like if you, if you watch the prequels and then go back and watch the, the lightsaber fighting in the OG, yeah. it's, like, kind of hard to watch because it's so slow and, and sluggish. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to kind of appreciate, like, stage combat where it's more about the weight of the story rather than yeah, the, the yeah. swinging of the sword, yeah. right? Like, It was very, like, pro wrestling going into, <laughs> like, like, real, you know, fighting. Yeah. <laughs> like, more realistic fighting, I guess. Yeah. Um... I guess we should say we're not total nerds and we don't just do video games. Like Jordan has some background in wrestling. I have some background in boxing and some CQC. So I just wanted to throw that out there that we're not <laughs> just, I don't, yeah. yeah. In that no way are we uh, Kung Fu masters. Yeah. Um, 
so there's there might be a layer of depth that I might have missed because I was really trying to like pull out the I imagine there would be more connections with like real world martial arts. I was a little bit disappointed. Maybe I missed it. If any of our listeners out there is like, Oh no, you know, this is totally inspired by like this ancient Chinese art. And like one thing I did notice amongst the detailed fighting styles, like the fighting styles of the Nogri versus the Wookiees, they did seem to like emphasize certain types of fighting. So like the Wookiees who relied on like brute force and strength, you could imagine it, look more like a wrestler or even a boxer yeah with like really heavy strikes um and again that upper body emphasis where say like the nogri are more like ninjutsu fast agile deadly like they're intending to kill their target whereas a wookie could even incorporate non-lethal strikes despite their strength and like they look like a bear like they yeah. look like they'd rip you apart but they could put you down without killing you yeah so I did appreciate that. Like if you go back and listen to the episode that we tried to, de- well, I tried to detail how each of the fighting styles maybe like focuses on a different set of skills. So you could have one that's more grapples and clinching, clinching than one that's more like upper body strikes versus kicks, um, which I, I did appreciate. And you kind of don't get that unless you're looking at each fighting style consecutively. Yeah. You kind of like just scan over that and you might miss that. So. Just a little detail I wanted to point out. Mm-hmm. Um, some movie um, stuff in terms of martial arts behind the scenes. Um, Christopher Lee was a fencer and he did a lot of stage combat. So okay, I think we mentioned this in the Count Dooku episode where like he was listed as like one of the best swordsmen, and right, that yeah, plays into yeah. like how he moves and how he fights. If you look at how Count Dooku fights on screen, it's like more, more upright, fencing. gentlemanly yeah. fencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, which is cool. And then Sindralig is Nick Gillard backwards. So if you he he's <laughs> he appears briefly in the movies, like blink and you'll miss him. He has, I think, some cameos in the Clone Wars. Um but where you really see him as a character is in the episode. Th- I don't know how we keep coming back to video games in the episode three video game, like the official movie yeah, tie in video game, yeah. which was surprisingly good. It wasn't great, but it was entertaining. And yeah. the, the best part of it is a multiplayer duel, mm. which is like you could pick different Jedi and stuff. Anyway, Cinderella gets a bigger role in that than I've seen in any other Star Wars media. And he was the stunt coordinator for all three of the prequel movies. Um, so just a cool little like nod to him that they incorporated in the movie. He did like all the stunts, the sword fighting, coordinating. Um, he wears like white robes and has like long white hair. He looks almost elvish, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Older, older gentleman, but worth mentioning in a martial arts episode would be remiss to not bring him up. Um, in terms of like the historical, like drawing out like the real world comparisons to martial arts and things. Um, Terrace Cassie in particular does is again, like the Achani thing does come up quite a bit in the star Wars universe. And it actually comes from uh, a real life martial art called Terrace Cassie, which means steel hands, um, which is pretty much just lifted and copy pasted into star Wars. Yeah. Um, so yeah it was uh 
the reason I mentioned Tekken, I was a big Tekken player back in the day, <laughs> uh, and the Masters of Terrace Cassie, the video game, um, like they wasn't wasn't was Tekken on PlayStation? Yeah, they had like oh. I think. Did you play games. a lot of PlayStations? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Why? Oh, just curious. I didn't, I had a PS2 for a while, but like. I didn't really play much. It was mostly Xbox, so I never played. Oh. I more played like Mortal Kombat and stuff. But. Yeah, I think different people grow up around a certain kind of fighting game. Like a lot of people are into Street Fighter. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people are into Mortal Kombat. A lot of people are in like to Tekken. Like it depends, like yeah. what console, your age, you kind of slip into a certain demographic. <laughs> yeah. uh, but for me, it was definitely Tekken, and uh, it looks like they just lifted the Terrace Cassie from the Tekken Namco game and then made it into its own Star Wars fighting game. And, like, that's how the name kind of got lifted and then carried on into the Star Wars universe, which is kind of funny <laughs> and kind of lazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Any uh, any other thoughts? Uh, not really on that. Yeah. yeah. I, I was really honestly hoping to draw more from this. Like, there's the obvious, like, Jedi are a lot like <clears> um, <throat> Shaolin monks. And Shaolin monks, you know, live yeah. that monastic lifestyle. They... Even their robes are very similar. They're not bright orange, but, you know, yeah. they look very similar. And then, you know, the Jedi practice these martial arts in their temples, right, very much like the Shaolin do. So you can obviously see those, like, very obvious comparisons, but when you, like, kind of start to get in deep, you kind of lose it a little bit. So yeah. it's not as deep, it, which is <laughs> unfortunate. If you had to pick uh, one martial art from the ones that we discussed... Uh... Which one would you would you do? Anything that could kill a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Terrace Cassie, probably. Yeah. Um, on that note, actually, one question that is interesting is you have these martial arts that are often geared towards Jedi killing. Like for it, it's a way to try to even the playing field for like Mandalorians yeah, and 100%. like Yichani to be able to fight a force user barehanded because you're gonna be outclassed. In some ways, I don't know how that totally makes sense because, yeah. like, they're just going to force push you or, you know, use a technique. And then they can even use a force to enhance their blows. So, like, you get punched yeah. by a Jedi. There's a really great, if you want to see, like, force powers and martial arts maxed out, uh, Gennady Tarkovsky's Clone Wars, the cartoon <clears throat> from the early 2000s. Um, there's one episode, they're really short episodes, so you can watch, I think you could watch them on YouTube. I think they're on Disney plus now. Um, but there's one episode with Mace Windu. I don't know exactly the citation, so I can't tell you off the top of my head, but Mace Windu loses his lightsaber and then he just starts beating battle droids with his fists. And <laughs> it's really cool. And like, you could see that he's using the force to like enhance his strikes because he's punching metal, right? Right. Like, yeah. If you punched a robot, you would probably break your hand like the clone who punched a droid. Yeah. But um, it's a cool way to use the force. Like, yeah. Because you don't usually think of it though. like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he does like his moves are very clearly modeled after martial arts. He's taking up like these stances and these strikes. Yeah. And uh, but then like he's ripping through metal with every blow. Yeah. And like you can see that like his fist just doesn't quite make contact. So there's like he's almost punching with the force. And it's the blast from the force shockwave right. that actually like destroys the battle droids. It, it is very cool. Yeah. A little bit overpowered, but very, very over cool. But that's when it brings up the question, like how could you hope to stand in a fight right. with that? Right. Yeah. I suppose maybe he's a Jedi master, like very maybe. skilled. Yeah. Like, and, and Mace Windu is make, listed as one of the more the lethal argument. Jedi, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. Oh. Other than that, let's uh, find us some Nogri to teach us some ninja skills. Later. Yeah.